Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports events. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. It's all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Charles O'Donnell. Charles is Director of Business Development at Collegiate Star League. Esports, CSL Esports, provides turnkey solutions for schools and students to compete and learn valuable skills in the esports industry. Since 2009, CSL Esports has been one of America's largest collegiate esports businesses with over 400 participating schools, providing over $1 million in scholarships, partnering with over 1,800 educational institutions under its tournament series, the Collegiate Star League. Prior to CSL, Charles has worked for the Philadelphia Flyers as a client development executive, as well as for APA Agency as a music touring agent. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Justin. Happy to be here, buddy. Awesome. So, you know, tell us a little about your past, you know, esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played and how'd you kind of get involved in esports? Yeah, no, absolutely. So <laughs> my first exposure to video games was through my uncle, and I might be dating myself a little bit here, who had an Atari uh, when I was very, very young. You know, we would play games like Tank and Space Evaders, and I just thought it was the neatest thing ever. You know, I loved fantasy and Star Wars and Star Trek and all that good stuff, and having my hands on the controllers made me feel, feel like I was kind of part of that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, the first console that I ever owned was Nintendo. And I remember, you know, there specifically, um, there was one summer where all my brother, sister, and I would do was play Mario 3 um, and watch all my children. Um, <laughs> you know, like, as you know, like with Nintendo, it certainly had its problems, you know, and I, I kind of missed the days of cleaning cartridges with alcohol and Q-tips. And for me, like there's there's nothing more satisfying than having like the game or the console glitch and then being able to fix it. Um, I don't know if that was your experience or not. Did you ever, you know, whack the Nintendo when it froze, like when the curtain was coming down in Mario three? Oh yeah. No, I mean, there was definitely an art to blowing. You didn't want to blow too much because it was too much moisture, you know, it gets too wet. So it was just like, you know, a soft blow. I think it taught us a lot of us young, um, lads how to kind of have a little finesse and touch, especially on something delicate like that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, so that was my first experience with video games. And to answer the the second part of your question, you know, I for the past few years I've been loosely following what has been going on in, in esports. Um, you know, both at the professional level, uh, at the amateur level, and at the college level. Uh, specifically, when I was you know at Georgia Tech, um, through some of my former colleagues who were already in the industry, you know, giving me some e uh, some insights into into esports and. Um, when the opportunity presented itself to join CSL and Playfly, you know, I jumped in with both feet, you know, because I think knowing what I knew at the time and certainly what has come to be affirmed now is that we're in still in such early days um, and there's just it's just rife with opportunities. So it was like kind of coming from the, you know, the sports world with the Flyers and the music world from this big agency to the esports world that's a little bit less developed while it's, you know, starting to take shape in its own right. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's it's definitely not as much structure, um, which I think lends itself to to great innovation. Um, and again, I think it creates uh, tremendous opportunities for people to get in and focus and, and figure out what really is going to work uh, and help propel this industry forward. 
Um, I will say that, you know, because it's, you know, running so hard and so fast, it does remind me of, of, of being in LA and working in music, you know, just with all the, the events that are constantly going on, all the content that you need to pay close attention to. So there's definitely some parallels there. Absolutely. I think that was definitely something I noticed coming from that more traditional music and sports world like you, that you have to kind of stay on what's going on in trends. In the same That's way right. you go from, you know, CDs to downloads to streams to, you know, Fortnite concerts, it's this is the evolution that all these entertainment fields take. Yeah, and it's the the landscape is constantly shifting, so you have to make sure you're keeping your finger on the pulse. Amazing. So, you know, tell us a little about Collegiate Star League and what is it and what is some of the work you do there? No, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at the heart of it, CSL provides life-changing opportunities in education through esports. You know, and as you mentioned in the open there, what we are most known for is our college league, which is called Collegiate Star League. Uh, Collegiate Star League has been in existence since 2009. You know, we are kind of the the OG at this point, and I think in the the esports world, it feels like several lifetimes. Um, it's been you know having been around since 2009. Uh, this past year, we had over 450 colleges and universities compete across North America, so that's both in the states and in Canada. Um, out of those. Uh, 380 competed at a varsity level, uh, which is the most of any organized college property in North America. We feature, you know, uh, you know the biggest titles, League of Legends, Dota 2, CSGO, Rocket League, Valorant, Super Smash, and Street Fighter V. And, you know, we'll, we'll move games in and out, you know, on a, on a year-by-year basis, you know, like we just talked about, you know, that is, that is constantly a, a, a moving target. And we want to make sure that we're providing, you know, the games um, to our community that they want to be playing. In addition to our league, uh, C- in addition to our college league, CSL has now entered in the high school space. Uh, we are currently open for competition right now in Oregon and Nevada. And we have, um, plans to expand that footprint pretty quick, quickly here as we move into the 21-22 scholastic calendar. Um, you know, we also, uh, outside of competition, we're also helping our schools through our consulting services, uh, which include, you know, educational workshops for the educators themselves, um, curriculum for students, you know, esports program development, development, whether you're coming from a startup or you're looking to maintain or grow, uh, the ability to, to start monetizing a program, and then also getting into, you know, developing uh, team rooms and, and esports venues. Um, we all know that the infrastructure for, for esports is challenging and there's some great companies out there that are doing uh, good work in the space. But, you know, I think it's beholden upon us at CSL uh, to lean in and help where we can stand up that infrastructure uh, so we can have more you know, meaningful events on campuses and help support the esports communities locally. As the head of our, as the head of the business development uh, at CSL, you know I manage, you know all the aforementioned business verticals, um, and you know with sponsorship across our competitive properties, you know being our biggest you know revenue driver. Amazing. I mean, it really sounds like that you know CSL has a lot of unique things going on. And recently, I know it was you know acquired by PlayFi, which you kind of hinted. So tell us about that acquisition, you know, what PlayFi does and how things have kind of changed as a result of this all happening. Yeah, no, absolutely. So 
Play Fly Sports. Um, it's really one of the biggest sports marketing entities in the world. And, you know, through a mantra of thinking differently, has created a business that touches every type of fan. Uh, within Playfly, we have our sports properties business, which is, you know, the traditional MMR management of uh, our partners in both college and at the high school level. Our college footprint includes LSU, Maryland, Virginia, Villanova, USC, Michigan State, Georgetown, San Diego State, Florida, Denver, Wichita State, or Roberts, Old Dominion. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head, so I'm, I don't want to forget anybody. Uh, Oakland, Richmond. Troy, New Mexico State. So you got a lot of good ones. Well, let's leave it at that. A lot of good properties at the college level. Um, And in in high school, uh, we also have a property management business, but it's not at like a local school, right? It's we man, we have a relationship with the, the um, administrative body within these states. So like the the athletic associate, the athletic and activities association for an entire state is who we're aligned with. Uh, And we have those relationships in Washington, Oregon, Nevada, California, Arizona, New Mexico, Louisiana, Michigan, Virginia, and Idaho. So, you know, we have the the college business that's, you know, focused on a relationship with, you know, just that one property. But like in, in the state of, of Washington, there are 400 high schools um, and 400 middle schools that fall under that entity's tent. So a very big footprint in high school. Um, in addition to the properties business, there's also the sports advertising business that was acquired, um, Home Team Sports, which sells across uh, the regional sports networks across the country. You know, they're selling into uh, every team in the U.S. for the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, which I think, shoot, it's probably around like 8,000 games per year, um, the inventory that they're selling into, which is, you know, quite a bit. Um Playfly's naming right business sells rights for venues, um, title naming rights for bowl games, uh, the kits, you know, so like your, your soccer kits, the, the, the branding that you'll see across those. Uh, and now, you know, Jersey patches and even helmet stickers in, uh, the NHL. Um, then the last two spokes of the wheel are the digital business and partnership with WMT you know, with our partners developing their websites, our mobile apps, streaming and digital marketing, and then CSL, you know, kind of rounding out that that fan cycle. So even if you're not a fan of traditional sports, Playfly has something for you on the uh, on the esports side. It's amazing. I mean, it, it, like you said, you really kind of have all the avenues covered and kind of as esports grows, you already have this well-developed kind of sports business that it can all kind of become synergy where those brands can really truly expand with confidence we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, you know, one of the, the, the big reasons why I was attracted to come join this this great team that we built here uh, at Playfly. And I think that, you know, CSL, because of um, our, our parent company, Playfly, is really well positioned um, to help propel esports forward at all levels. Absolutely. So I know you kind of mentioned that, you know, CSL is involved in helping with the esports education and curriculum development. So tell us a bit about this program. You know, how are you involved and what are some recent news or developments in that area? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we believe that everything that we do um, not only should be, but needs to be tied back to education in some way. You know, certainly there are a lot of inherent benefits that go along with esports competition, just like any other sport. Uh, but there's also opportunities be esports to learn about career pathways in the esports industry uh, or something that is potentially tangential to it. Uh, we believe in you know supplementing the competition and experiential elements of esports with you know curriculum that can really help round out someone's knowledge uh, set. Uh, or help someone start down a career path, you know, pick, peak that intellectual curiosity with a, with an esports class. You know, one thing that we are, you know, particularly excited about um, is a new partnership that we forged with the Singleton Foundation for Financial Literacy and Entrepreneurship. Uh, that foundation has created a game called Venture Valley uh, that is, you know, it, it's a, a whole heck of a lot of fun to play, but it also helps the participants learn about things that will be meaningful for them, you know, in the game of life. Um, and we see a great opportunity for educators to leverage this game to augment existing, you know, economics, business, entrepreneurship curriculums, or even as an extension of like an FBLA program. We think there's a great application there. Um, and then I think, you know, another big thing that we touched on briefly earlier, um, but Justin, I think it bears repeating here as well as the esports education um, that is really required on the parts of administrators, teachers, and parents. Um, you know, I think that we're all aware that there's a, an understanding delta um, and a stigma that we need to overcome, and we're working on doing so. You know, this summer, um, as I mentioned, we are will be hosting a series of free educational workshops covering subjects about the basics of esports, healthy habits as they relate to esports, how to set up a team, how to manage a program, how to source the right equipment, how to raise your game from perhaps, you know, a casual club uh, to a varsity team that's representing your institution, you know, whether that's at high school uh, or the college level. Amazing. I mean, I think that it's all really kind of necessary and it's one of these areas that's really kind of evolving where, you know, I know CSL, like you mentioned, was just really known in the college scene and now branching into high school, it just really shows how related all of this is. And it's really just based on as the market grows, because obviously college, it was much bigger and stronger there. And now high school, it's going to be just as big, if not bigger, because there's more high school students than there are college students. So it really kind of gives you the avenue to grow both kind of levels. Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think it's, we, 
we think it's important to have that holistic approach. Um, you know, again, we, we believe in competition. That is what we're traditionally known for, but there's this whole other um, area of opportunity that we believe will help propel this industry forward. And we want to be, you know, kind of on the forefront of that and helping drive, um, driving that home. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll shift a little bit. So kind of from a brand perspective, which I know you guys mentioned you work with. So why is kind of working with this demographic, the college age students and college esports kind of ideal? Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty simple. I think, you know, this segment is in the prime decision making years of their lives. You know, this is the very sought after 18 to 24 year old demo. And you know, just to kind of give you maybe a quick anecdote here, um, I went to, to Penn State for undergrad, and I remember walking down the street. I was probably, you know, on my way uh, from class to the bar or vice versa. And, you know, I got hit with a Wells Fargo Frisbee um, and the rep pulled me into the table. Uh, they gave me they gave me said Frisbee, some you know, crappy Bic pens. And I signed up for a checking account and I still have that checking account today. Um, I made the decision in the moment and I stayed loyal to that. And, you know, that is why brands are so inclined to tap into this segment because they are impressionable. Um, You know, even if a product or a service is not right for them, even at that exact moment, like for example, like home insurance or, you know, wealth management tools, or even, you know, a, a luxury car, like a BMW, uh, that will become very relevant very quickly. Uh, and, and again, making that lasting impression is uh, is extremely valuable. Definitely. So what kind of barriers are you kind of seeing now with brands kind of entering esports on the collegiate level? And how do you think some of this can be resolved? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest barrier uh, for schools, you know, not being able to, to kind of bring brands to campus, especially on the non-endemic side and integrate into esports assets is, you know, really, um, I, I think the answer is simply that there are not professionals uh, on the ground that understand what is available to them. Um, and I think that's why, you know, Playfly has put this, this company together and is in a really unique position to have you know, these experts uh, at CSL Esports to work in conjunction with our campus partners um, where those relationships are already in existence. And we can help, you know, help teach those staffs how to understand esports. You know, the nomenclature, I think, is tremendously important. What their local esports situation is on campus and then ultimately how to effectively sell it. You know, I've, I've seen many instances where you know, uh, I'll talk to someone on campus and they won't have any idea that there's even an esports team, a varsity team or a club team, and they have no idea what's going on there. And I think it's just kind of, again, bridging that information and that understanding delta. So in addition to actually curriculum for students, it's actually more professors where it's like, okay, you want to learn about esports to be able to teach the class. You want to bring this program to your school. This is kind of how you do it. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of that. I think that that you know that curriculum is is going to help differentiate some of these these institutions of, of higher learning as well. I mean, again, esports popularity is not waning <laughs> in any way, right? Like there 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 is a a growing swath of this country that is interested. There's a lot of twelve year olds that can't put their controller down. That's that nail on the head, my friend. But yeah, so I mean, I think that as you know, we kind of mentioned that's 
kind of what has to be. It's one of these things where academia is always a little bit slower to adapt to what else is going on there. You know, schools, especially the the larger ones, the ones that have been around for decades and are kind of high up on these ranking charts, they're even slower to respond to things. And it's just nice to see, you know, brand that a company that they trust trying to be a bridge and not just solely focused on one half of the spectrum. The students actually trying to help elevate the whole administration overall. Yep, that's exactly right. Again, it, it just kind of goes back to to the general play fly idea of trying to be holistic in our approach and be able to effectively provide, provide solutions um, uh, to everybody. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I know kind of, you know, more, coming from the more traditional sports world where high school standout players are really kind of groomed and they're kind of a sought after pathway towards collegiate opportunities. Is there something like this kind of now in esports? And do you kind of think this is a new business that needs to be developed? And is CSL looking to be involved in this kind of acting as this kind of bridge between the youth and college esports? Well, I will say that there are certainly uh, there there are certainly businesses who believe so, um, and I think that there are some of them that are, are doing a pretty good job. I think, you know, honestly, standout high school players are are probably going to go pro before they think about going to represent a college. And listen, I I get it. Um, I understand that people respond to incentives. There's there's money to be made going pro. So why would you forgo that opportunity um, if you have the desired skill set? You know, that said, uh, we are very interested in helping connect colleges with high school talent. Um, that is that tier below. Um, and as we get back to live events, we plan to have an element of, you know, high school amateur showcase where, you know, our participating colleges can identify talent um, and where also high schools will have high school students will have the opportunity to learn more about these schools as well. And, and maybe they won't come out of that event, you know, being offered a, a full scholarship for the varsity rocket league team. Uh, but they'll learn about an interesting, you know, academic program or some, some more information about the esports club um, that will pique their, you know, intellectual curiosity and, and have them, you know, go home and say, Hey, this is a college that I'd like to explore, go talk to, um, you know, someone at their high school about, you know, learning more information about that opportunity. Awesome. So it kind of sounds like a college fair with a, you know, a combine mixed in where you kind of get to meet and the college get to meet you and the people that run these programs get to kind of be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. They also kind of get to see what your numbers are and how you are in this competitive area. That's exactly right. I think, you know, having the, having, providing the space for all those things are important. Um, and man, I just can't wait till we can get, we can get back in person and start doing some of this stuff. It looks like we're trending in the right direction, which is which is very positive. Yes, definitely. I mean, I think that that's kind of what the next evolution of it is. You know, like you said, educating these players. Yeah, maybe they're not going to be able to go pro, but they still have this huge passion. And yeah, maybe they might not be pro level, but they can be really good in college and they can win some of this prize money and they can have memorable experiences and. They could travel across the country and maybe even the world and compete in games the same way a pro gamer might. And they can get an education along the way. And that's that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's looking that's what we're hoping to help solve. Exactly. You kind of build this. Okay, so there's always going to be an end to being a player. It's whether you're every talent area, there's a finite date on most careers. What you do next is what really kind of defines everything. 
Yep, that's that's exactly right. Yep, and we think you know again as soon as we can get back to, to in person and having these these sort of events, uh, we think this will be a really meaningful component for for what we can do when we can get back face to face. Amazing. So, what's like the future of college esports on you know the competitive and event side, and then kind of on the academic and curriculum side? Yeah, well, you know, the 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 future of college esports in both vectors is very bright. Um, this year alone, there will be twenty thousand, an estimated twenty thousand high school esports teams in this country competing. You know, that's that's schools, right? That's not like you know, uh, just one Rocket League team at, at one school, right? There's there's schools that have multiple teams in different games, and they're playing multiple games, so. You can do the math, and that's an you know that grows pretty pretty quickly. Um, but ninety nine point ninety nine percent of those student athletes will will not be going pro after high school. So they'll want to find like we just talked about. They're going to want to find that competitive outlet as they move on to college. And you know I describe this as this is this is a forcing function, um, and colleges are starting to become more engaged and preparing for this influx. And, and the good news is, you know, this, this is going to drive some revenue, you know, not only through enrollments, uh, but through monetizing these esports programs through sponsorships, you know, fundraising, ticket sales, merch, naming rights, you name it. Um, and it's, it's coming. And the smart money is, is starting to get ahead of it, uh, getting ahead of the curve right now um, to be prepared for, for this wave and the wave it's not crescendoing either the, the the wave behind this it's only going to be bigger than than what we're anticipating right now absolutely so you know it'd be kind to say that most schools especially at this higher level will have some form of this and probably a pretty extensive form depending on the school yeah yeah and i think you know schools are starting now i i have these conversations all day every day finding out you know where they're at on their their esports uh maturation curve whether we're talking about competition we're talking about you know uh, an in-person a venue um uh a curriculum right everybody's trying to figure out all these different vectors and you know fortunately we have expertise in all of them that are again we're able to bring that holistic solution Amazing. Well, you know, I hope my alma mater, GW, really starts to, you know, look into it and some of the other colleges that I know a lot of prominent people went to. Hopefully they continue to give it the real exploration and, you know, the time that it deserves. Yeah, no, absolutely. Are you uh, are you banging heads down there at GW? No, I'm just I'm just interested. You know, I definitely will love to see how they develop it. I know they have a interesting attorney who who helps write for some stuff in the esports law so hopefully there's a competitive scene in it will just grow from there yeah that's exactly right um yeah and, and from a competition standpoint you know csl you know we're going to continue doing what we do best and that's providing you know the best um collegiate league infrastructure in north america and we we believe that this league will continue to grow um, and continue to get better and continue to provide, um, you know, the best possible experience for these student athletes. Amazing. So, you know, kind of want to like bring it towards the end. So a couple of questions. So how does, you know, CSL kind of determine what games and leagues they kind of offer? You know, as you mentioned, certain games are offered and others might not be. How are these kind of decisions happen? Yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, due to the, the great work uh, that our, t- our, 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 
our team does on, on researching, you know, who's competing in what game, you know, what's becoming more popular, what's waning off in popularity. Like, you know, Valorant hit this scene, you know, pretty hard and heavy this year. And when we see that uh, growing, growing with us here in time. So I think it's, it's constantly understanding, you know, what is available to play. Uh, and then also, again, making sure that what you're doing is providing value back to um, the game publishers themselves. Right. And I think that, I think that we do a great job of that uh, at the college level. And now as we move into, into high school as well. Amazing. So what's like the future for CSL esports? you know, what do they got to have on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, our future is really, really simple. Uh, and that is to, create as many opportunities as we can uh, to get young people playing at all levels in a healthy way, which we believe will amplify the academic and the inherent benefits of esports. We want to just get more kids playing uh, and give them the opportunity to play um, in a structured way. Uh, because again, we, we believe in this. Um, we think we, listen, we know that you know, not every kid can can throw a football 50 yards. My 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 uh, CEO Rob Johnson loves using this analogy, so I'll steal from him here. You know, not every kid can throw a, a ball 50 yards or hit a 30 foot jump shot. Uh, but there's a, a lot of people that are you know 90 percent of young people are playing video games, if not more. Um, and again, if we can kind of uh, hone in on that and and figure out ways to get more of them playing in a structured way, they can replicate that traditional student athlete experience where you're learning about teamwork and, and sportsmanship and leadership and all that stuff is very important. And along the way, you know, peaking intellectual curiosity for different academic opportunities as well. Amazing. I think another point to kind of just throw in there that you mentioned earlier is kind of helping to be the bridge to remove some of the stigma, like the way parents and maybe some more traditional, you know, the advisors and principals and administrators might feel about, Oh, we're going to give the video game club and we're going to have these games that might not necessarily be that solely academic focused. And we're going to kind of glorify it and put some of our funds towards it. So, you know, I think kind of being this gateway to explain to parents, like, yeah, it's not just your kids sitting in the basement. There's That's a lot exactly more right. stuff going on. And yes, there's a lot more stuff going on and there's going to be a lot more opportunities for your you know, son or daughter to be able to focus that passion and have it translate into an opportunity in higher education or a potential career pathway. And we just want to you know, continue to create those opportunities um, and again, you know, propel this whole thing forward. Awesome. So, you know, I like to try to end some of my episodes with my three questions. So you know, what's your favorite game to watch? Oh, well, we just had our grand finals uh, a few weeks ago. Hopefully you were able to check it out. Um, you know, for me, um, I, I do find, uh, you know, League and, and, and Dota a little challenging to watch. I think I, I, I most enjoy just like the fighting games. So for, for in our grand finals, Street Fighter V and the, the young man who won Lizard Man, he was uh, amazing. And it was thoroughly enjoyable to watch him. Um, run through the competition at our grand finals. Awesome. So what's your favorite game to play? My favorite game to play. I, you know what? I honestly still like playing um, old games on like the 16 bit Nintendo, man. Like I, I still get pleasure out of, out of, you know, Mario three um, and, and Contra uh, and those games. 
um, you know, as far as like a new, you know, esport type of title starting to get into, you know, Call of Duty. Um, you know, I think during the pandemic, it was a great way to be able to, you know, com- connect with people in a virtual setting. Amazing. Well, you know, definitely can't ever go wrong with those old school games. There's always yeah. something great about something that you just know. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And like, you know, Mario, Frog Suit, Raccoon, like, come on, you get me? Exactly. So, you know, last one. So who's your favorite video game character? Oh, I think I just, I think I just said, I think I just gave away the phone right, there. The I think it's probably Mario, man. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's my guy. I'm going to just, I'm going to just stick with, stick with the, the classic, you know? I mean, definitely can't go wrong with him. So, you know, thank you so much for joining. This was extremely insightful. So tell me where they can find you guys. Absolutely. So uh, my uh, email coordinates are um, codonnell at cslesports.com. And you can go to our website, uh, cslesports.com as well. Awesome. So, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure for to give me a follow on Twitter, Justin J E S Q, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Mm-hmm.